Yeah. Yo, if you know, you know, right? Now, when you, if you got a graffiti artist coming on, right? It kind of feels like the corner is a hot track to have. So that's what we're doing, people. And um, yeah, so this is the second part of the second part of this week's echo chamber. I know it's a little crazy, but boy, this is like in total, this is over three hours, you know what I mean? So it had to get split in two. Um, but yo, this this conversation that you're gonna get, people, it I feel it's very important, right? It's important for those who follow, you know what I mean, this art form, right? Because, you know, Slope, so, um, you know what I mean, influential in the game. But the things he says, right, the insights that Nathan drops, these will translate across to everything. So, yo, people, I feel I've spoken enough, right? So let us bring in the man himself, Nathan Nordstrom, AKA the legend Sloke. Okay, people. So I'm now joined by one of the stars of Duality, a graffiti story. It is the one and only Nathan Nordstrom, AKA Sloke. Yo, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Man, it's not too bad. It's raining as hell. It's cold in London, but it's all right. It's not too bad, you know. What I mean? <laughs> well, it's still it's still hot in Texas. All right, no need to show <laughs> off, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man, like duality is is a fascinating piece. It's a fascinating piece, like. How did you become involved with it? Well, it's funny because I, I know Duel from Houston. Uh, I knew him back in his graffiti days. Uh, he still paints graffiti, but when he was strictly doing uh, graffiti. And he reached out to me. Um, actually, I, let me back up. I saw Duel in an art show about three years ago, and I saw some of his canvas work. And I was just blown away. I mean, his canvas work is something else. Mm. And we talked it up for a little bit. And um, and then that was that. And then I got an email from um, Ryan. And it was CC'd with uh, Duel. And he said, hey, you know, this is my friend Ryan. He's making a documentary. He's interested in talking to you. And at first I was a little suspicious, right? Because... I've had that before. I've had people come forward and be like, yeah, we're doing a documentary, mm. writing a book, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you never hear from them again. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I understand. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work. And, and so Ryan came to my house and, man, I had like a two to four hour conversation with him. I was just drilling him with questions, you know, to see if he was, if he was <laughs> legit, you know? And, yeah. Uh, sure enough, man, he 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 is, and I got to give it to you, man. I mean, he kept his word. He he pulled it off. I mean, that's a big feat 
to pull in two years, man, because mm-hmm. this December will be about two years ago that, that he filmed me, uh, especially the part when we're at Castle Hill, that graffiti uh, yeah. graffiti park. So that's really how uh, it all came about. And at the time, um, so this would have been in 2020. This is during the pandemic. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hustle, man. I'm trying to make a living because, you know, like many artists, you know, all of our events got canceled, you know, commission work. So I was, I started to do a lot more canvas work, smaller stuff, et cetera. And um, I'm just trying to hustle. So I, I really, it really wasn't on my mind. I mean, it, I was more interested in, in surviving day to day during the pandemic than making a documentary. But he, he came through, man. And we talked, we had a really good talk. And then he asked me, he said, uh, who else do you think would be a good fit? And and I thought of Jabber in LA and then Mears in Brooklyn. And I'm just really happy that it all worked out because I think it's a good mix of people. You got a couple of cats that pretty much play the legal route now. And then you got the cats that play both sides of the fence, you know, yeah. legal, illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, graffiti in its essence is illegal, you know? Um, and we all, that's where we all came from. Um, in Austin, I have to lay low. I'm a, I'm a three-peat offender. So, yeah. But, you know, hey, you know, I travel a lot. So right, right. I still get up. And, and I think it's, it, that's the thing is once you get bit by that graffiti bug, man, it, it's just with you, man. It's with, I'm, I'm going to turn 50 years old at the end of the month, dude, and I'm still writing my name on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So I, I imagine as a, as a kid, there was probably some time, and your you know your mums and your dads like stop writing on walls. You know what I mean? You'll never amount to anything writing on walls. And look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought, man? It's crazy to see how far this art form and culture has come. Uh, my mother told me I used to write on the walls with crayons when I was a kid, you know, like many kids did. And I think that's the thing is humans, we just want to leave our mark, you know, however that may be. Mm. Our initials in a tree or a wooden table, uh, tag, leave a tag, et cetera, et cetera. And growing up in Austin, man, like, man, it was not appreciated, man. I mean, if you had a spray can, like you were probably, and you were out in public painting, you would probably get stopped by the police and they'd ask yeah. you, what are you doing? You got permission, blah, blah, blah. And that's just how it was, man. But we did it for us and we did it for the culture. You know, I mean, we all, a lot of my crew members came up on hip hop and punk rock and skateboarding, you know, and, and all that stuff's, you know, interconnected with graffiti. And we just didn't care. It was like, we, we, we knew that we were, we did it cause we loved it, man. And, and we always said to them, hey, man, if you, if, you know, because they'd be like, this ain't art, this ain't art, it's illegal. And we'd be like, yo, you pick up a spray can and try to make something with it. It's hard, man. <laughs> try not to drip. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so that's interesting, man. Like, what was the thing that drew you in? So, I would, I, I've always been drawing, right? My, my, my father's side, they long line of artists, right? And my father, of course, I wanted to mimic what my father drew. Uh, my, my father was more of a technical illustrator. 
Um, right. But he he was a natural man. He could look at something and paint. It, I mean, draw it. And for me, you know, I started out drawing as a kid, but through skateboarding, I mean, I remember the first time I saw graffiti would have been Beach Street, right? The movie. And I think I was like in fifth grade. I think it was like 84 or something, 1984. And uh, I saw the graffiti on the subway cars, even though, you know, it was a Hollywood film, but yeah. And I was like, that, I really like that. But back then, the scene was very underground here. It was a very small scene. And if you weren't in it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you had to know somebody to get in that circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I grew up on the opposite side of town because most of the graffiti writers in the first generation uh, were from the east side and the north side and the south side. And I grew up uh, on the west side. And so there was a little bit of, you know, um, I'm not going to say rivalry, but it was like nothing was really popping off on the west side. And so... Long story short, uh, through skateboarding, I, I remember seeing, like, the Powell Peralta, the Vato Rat, like, Steve Caballero and all them were tagging, which all that was based on L.A. Uh, gang tags, you know, that style. And, and of course, you know, like, we, we, we mimicked what we saw on Thrasher Magazine, hmm. et cetera. Because I remember that first wave of hip-hop came through and then it left, man. It was probably here for about three years, right? And rap music was not really that big i mean maybe maybe uh run dmc and aerosmith you know walk this way that remix uh that was probably a big hit beastie boys right so it wasn't really that big yet and so and okay. fast forward to 1990 uh i met scam uh and scam was supreme king al martinez that was the acronym uh and he, in my opinion, he's he's considered like him and Sec are like the godfather of Austin graffiti, right? Like 1984 is pretty much when they started. And uh, Scam had come from Jersey, so he was already kind of schooled on the East Coast uh, graffiti. Because back then, that's really what we had. We had Subway Art, Spray Can Art, those two books. And then, of course, Style Wars, the documentary. And that's all we had. Um, so I met Scam, and Scam... I credit Scam for opening the door for me because he basically was like, he saw that me and my friend who wrote Dice were interested in learning. And at that time, Scam had slowed down on the streets and he was doing more commission work. So I don't know if he, for whatever reason, he took a liking to us. I don't know if it was we were cheap labor or what, because we would help him on these jobs, you know? It's like, we didn't get paid, but we were, we were just honored to be included. You know, mm. like, like, you know, because back then, man, it was just guarded, like, like techniques were very, they were guarded, man. It was almost like it was very underground, you know, um, you, it's not like today where information is just shared freely. So I credit Scam for introducing me. And so a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of skateboarding is what got me into graffiti. And once Scam showed me how to do a piece once, he gave me an outline and he showed me just once and he said now you're on your own man i was hooked i was hooked man i i just i drew i studied i mean once i got a copy of subway art and spray can art like i think i mimicked like so many pieces out of those books because like i said that's all we had you know mm. all we had was east coast and then i remember 
and spray can art, seeing they had a section, uh, they went around the world, and they had a section on London, and they had, like, the Chrome Angels and, and Mode 2 and Bando from Paris, and, oh, my God, dude, the stuff they were doing in London was just, like, whoa, like, all next-level stuff. And so it was really cool to see it grow as a worldwide art form. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy when you, you know, you travel around and you see graffiti in different countries. And it's like, it's got its own own kind of flavor, yep. right? You, it might be the bubble writing or the wild style, but it's still got a little sign of that country in it which is just fascinating it is man i was in london uh i've been to london twice 2016 and 2018 and i painted with uh some writers out there and i mean top notch top notch graffiti man i mean so many good writers have come out of london and england and the whole surrounding area i mean it's it's really interesting to see like you said every country has their style their own flavor you know, it's almost like, here's the blueprint. Now, what are you going to do with it? Because mm. I, I was taught, I was taught like, hey, man, don't be a carbon copy. Like, don't bite. Don't be a carbon copy. Work to develop your own style. Yes. And, you know, it's it's like style is limitless, man. Like, I, it's like I always say I'm on a style quest. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these years, it's like I get into a style and I kind of burn it out and I learn a little bit and then I see something else. And I completely go in a different direction. And that's the beauty of it, man. It's like, it's limitless. You know what I'm saying? That, I think, for me, that is the weird thing about art, right? Because you go to school, right? You take this art part of the, the curriculum and you do, but you're being told, no, that's not any good. No, 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 you should do it. like, And it's just like, well, well. but then when you leave school, Right. And you go to art galleries and things like that. And you see these diff so many varied styles, stuff that, you know, is better than what you were doing as a kid in school, but kind of similar. Right. And you're like, wait, I was told that was bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You learn that art <laughs> is so subjective. So it always seems this travesty that you get graded on art because that can turn so many people off. When in, I feel it should just be, you know, you could, there's, te there's definitely technique that can be taught, like line work and things like that. But other than that, don't tell someone, oh, your interpretation of a bird is bad or your, your rendition of a car is terrible. Be like, yo, that's interesting. That's how you see it. You yeah. know what I mean? But there's all of these different styles and things like that that you just develop over time if given that space to breathe, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I mean, and that's the beauty of it is, is like you said, like one person sees it this way, the next person might see it completely different. And there's no right or wrong way. I mean, sure, everyone's going to have their opinion about art, right? It can be subjective, et cetera. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's what you make out of it. And that's the beautiful thing, man. You mm. know, in high school, you know, all those art teachers, as much as I loved them, they were like, what? You want to do graffiti? Ah, that's not, you know, and then now you see it. And it's just like, like I said, it's come a long way, man. It's around yeah. the mainstream, you know, and, and the spray can has really just become another tool, 
and the artist's, you know, toolkit. And now you have fine artists picking up the spray can and, and art school students and street art and all this other stuff. And it's just amazing what people are doing with it, man. I mean, but that's what, that's what keeps it going. You know what I'm saying? That's mm. what keeps it evolving, you know, because it used to be like, you know, like when I was coming up, like everything had to be freehand, right? No tape, no stencils, no paint brushes. You had to learn can control. And yeah. now over time, and of course it depends on the artist too. Like some artists use tape, some artists use brushes too, you know? And it's like, after a while, the rules, you know, it's, it's almost like, what's that old saying? You got to learn the rules to, to break the rules. Mm. It's almost like it's become a little bit of everything. It's almost like a, uh, 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 a collage of different techniques. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I do our jobs, my opinion is I do whatever I got to do to get that job done. Right. <laughs> like when I used to do advertisement murals, I did that for about 12 years. We had to use a projector because the client wanted it to look exactly like the, the advertisement, you know what I'm saying? And we had to use a projector and it's like, it's like technology, man. Like, do you want to spend eight hours drawing it out or do you want to spend two hours tracing it? You still got to paint it in the end. It's all about Mm. time, et cetera. And, and that's just how it goes with technology and evolution. I mean, now we have cans with like low pressure, high pressure, like we got all these colors now. I mean, it's it's crazy. It actually reminds me of skateboarding a lot. You know, when skateboarding was underground, and then it became mainstream, and then boom, it was on the X Games. You know, or you know, and so who knows? Maybe maybe one day graffiti will make it to the Olympics. You know, and maybe you got to get chased by cops and dogs and got to hop fences. You know, who knows? But you know, it's it's, it's heading that way because now, it, you know. It's not, it's mainstream, you know, yeah. and, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I was talking to Ryan yesterday and, um, you know, great dancing is now in the Olympics. Well, it will be in Paris next year. No, next year's 23, oh, 24. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, if great dancing can be in the Olympics, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it feels that the evolution of that has grown. Like from back in the, the early days in Greece when it was like Greco-Roman wrestling and you know, just running and things like that. Now you've got rock climbing, taekwondo, those things have just joined, right? We're getting break dancing. So it's this what we perceive as sport as entertainment has vastly grown right and what we perceive as art has drastically changed over the years because yeah growing up yeah graffiti that was just vandalism (laughs) you know what i'm saying and now it's in galleries it's you've got permission walls and all of this jazz so who the hell knows man you know what I mean? Like, give people a wall and be like, you've got half an hour, draw. <laughs> like, <laughs> that might be the thing. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it, it it's a trip because, like you said, I mean, I look at it like, you know, it was, it was vandalism. It's not art, right? And then once uh, 
the gallery started making money off street art, it changed everything. Mm. You know, now it's like, boom, it's, it's, uh, considered, uh, you know, uh, um, high end art, you know, especially the price. And, um, you know, it's interesting because in a way, I mean, when something becomes mainstream, in a lot of ways it gets watered down. You know what I'm saying? You know, I look at it like this, you know, like, like I came from the culture aspect of graffiti and now there's, you know, there's a big difference between the culture and the commerce aspect of graffiti. So in other words, art and art jobs, you know, like for me personally, and I know it's different for everybody, but like when money is involved, it changes the way I think about the project, you know, and now I'm providing a service, you know, mm. now sometimes I do get paid to do like, yo, just do your graffiti. And those are always fun. But if I'm taking your money, man, like I got to I got to deliver a service. That's how I look at it, as opposed to just going out and painting and doing whatever the hell I want to do for free. Yeah. Because even to this day, that is my favorite thing is just to go and paint. No worries. No, no money, no sponsorship, no cameras, just me solo or me with my friends, because that's how we all came up, you know, mm-hmm. as a crew. You know, and and sure, we might, you know, post it on Instagram or something afterwards, but the finished piece, but just just the act of continuing to paint. And why do we do it? We do it because we love it and it's fun. You know what I'm saying? And when it when it stops being fun, you know, maybe I should move on to something else. But I had to go back to basics to really be like, why do I why am I still doing this? Why do I do this? Because, man, I got burnt out. I ain't going to lie, man. When I was doing those admirals, man, that stuff just sucked my soul out, man. I mean, I learned a lot. The money was good. But, you know, all money ain't good money. You know what I'm saying? And it just was like, dude, I don't want to do this anymore, man. Like, I don't I don't want to do Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's good for the resume. But, hey, you got to eat. So it's, once again, like like the film talks about it's that balance, you know, and that's different for everybody. You know, uh, Duel, at one point in the film, Duel says, you know, back in the day, if you sold out, it was looked down upon. Now, if you don't sell out, it's looked down upon. And it's really yeah. interesting because it has shifted a lot. Um, we used to talk about other graffiti writers. And now um, some of these cats are talking about the clients they did jobs for. Like, oh, yeah, Facebook <laughs> Yeah, and that's all good, man. I'm not knocking it, but it's just interesting to see how far it's come. But at the same time, here, especially here in Austin, you the ones with the money are the developers and the tech companies, man. And they're the ones that pay the big budgets. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of a trade-off, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's what made this documentary so fascinating because it was like these really introspective insights you know what i mean that you were all giving and that honesty of when you were like yo i got burnt out you don't always hear that people aren't always that that people want to talk about i'm balling like i've got this i've worked for michael i did facebook i've done all of these people want me all over the place yeah i can pick and choose But people don't want to talk about, yo, man, there was these dark times or this happened. And I felt like this when doing that, 
right? It's like, so I can't show weakness. I can't show that side where I had doubt. So when you were talking about that, I thought that was so important, right? Because it allows people to see, oh, right? It, it's not just about getting to this point, right? Because people think, oh, if I'm making this amount of money, I'm going to be happy. They make that money, they're not happy, right? And, and it's just like, we, there's that pursuit of things, but sometimes without the realization what you really need, that foundation that you need to bring you that joy, and so you're saying all of this and it was just like, yo, I would never, have, that's so interesting. And yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense because when you're doing for things for people, just like they're going, draw this for me, do that for me. Yeah, it, it changes everything. So it, it was really like, what made you feel like you could open up and say that stuff? Well, I think a lot of it... A lot of it, I mean, it's just my experience, and and sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm I might be guilty of disclosing too much, but at the same time, I mean, I'm a human man, and 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 I <laughs> I bleed just like everybody else. I hurt just like everybody else. I experience joy just like everybody else. I. It's almost like when social media became really big and I get it, it's a platform. We all use it, technology, et cetera, et cetera. It was almost, I felt like <laughs> it's, it's almost like you see a picture online, right? And then you meet that person and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> you got to love the uh, editing, you know, the, the, yeah. effects. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a facade in some ways. And I know it's different for everybody. I'm not knocking it. I mean, you know, we all look at, you know, what is it? Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> look at my life. Everything's great, you know. But the pandemic, man, I, I'm just going to be honest, man. The Like like for many, many people, the pandemic just, wow, man. It, it, it just did a 180 on me, man. Like mm. I felt like my career was gone. My, the finances were gone. People were dropping like flies around me. Um, and not just from COVID, uh, that damn fentanyl, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, um, I don't party no more, but I see it all the time. You know, everybody does. And, uh, especially now they putting that stuff in everything, but you know, I mm -hmm. lost so many, there was a lot of loss. That's all I'm going to say. And I just didn't care no more, man. So when it, when Ryan came over to interview me, I just let it out. I was like, Hey man, like this shit's a joke to me like i don't come from the commerce side of things you know i'm not like oh i'm mr real i'm mr underground i'm not saying that but that's not how i came up in graffiti yeah i came up in a time in graffiti where believe it or not there was a code of the streets there were certain things you did and there were certain things you didn't do now that doesn't mean everybody followed the rules or the code but overall it was there was a system of checks and balances. Mm. Like, like, for instance, if you were a beginner, if I was a beginner, like when I first started, I did not have the right to go and paint next to a king or an experienced graffiti writer. I was a toy. You know yeah. what I'm I had to pay my dues, right? I'm still paying my dues. You know, I'm paying my dues to the day I die. But I had to, I had to be able to accept criticism. 
you know, hey man, toy, your style sucks. All right. You know, fuck your feelings, pardon my language, but forget your feelings. What can you bring to the table? Mm. Dedicated are you to practice this art form? You know, the dedication, the perseverance, the practice, et cetera, et cetera. That's how we came up. If your style was whack, they called you out. You either quit or you practice harder, right? That's just how we came up. So when I saw street art come to my city, and I'm not anti-street art. I used to be, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Hey, Team Robbo, bro. Team Robbo. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I, I watched this big shift. And it all became about money and fame and, and you know, I guess like anything else, really. And it was just like, what the, what's, what's going on here? Once again, it was becoming like a packaged mainstream product. And I saw money get in between friendships. And it was all about art jobs and scheming, stepping over mm. the top, you know, and, the, you know, this client, you know, this artist is undercutting this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just all that stuff. And I was like, dude, I don't want nothing to do with this. Like, I, I don't come from this. This is a joke. This, we're dealing with civilians. <laughs> what the fuck did the civilians get into this? You know what I mean? Like, what? what? You know? And, and, and I think part of it was just me growing older and being stubborn. But over time, I started to realize that a lot of this younger generation, that's what was popular. That's what might provide some income for a, a starving artist. So how can I hate on that, right? It provided opportunity. So, because, you know, there's always more than one side of the story, right? Yeah. I started seeing the youth really get into it. And I was like, well, when we were young, it was graffiti. Now it's, it's street art, right? Murals, et cetera. Uh, used to be stencils and wheat paste, but it's kind of graduated to muralism now. But, it, it, you know, sometimes the lines cross over, et cetera. But... I always say, if you're doing graffiti in Austin, Texas right now, it's because you love it, period. It ain't because you make making money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you, you love it. And once again, that goes back to what I was talking about, getting bit by that graffiti bug. You know, it's like, like, like man, I was just in New York, right, a couple weeks ago. I painted, I rocked three pieces with, my, with mirrors, actually, and some crew members. And then I caught COVID, right? And yeah. a week. And, man, I was going insane, right? And so that was, this weekend will be three weeks. So I'm going to paint this weekend. But three weeks, I have not painted graffiti, dude. I'm losing my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to paint. Like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's one of those things, man. It's like practicing an instrument to me. I yeah. have to keep doing it because the more I practice, the more I might have a breakthrough, a style breakthrough. You know what I'm saying? Um it's just, it's, it's almost like the doing of it, right? You don't even talk about it anymore. I rock this piece. I do that. No, I'm not. You just do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You just do it. And the more you do it, the more it just flows. Like, I try not to think too much when I paint anymore. Like, I'm doing, before this interview, I was outside doing a, a canvas, right? Because I do the abstract on canvas. Mm. And I'm thinking about each line and da-da. And that is important in abstract because you can do the wrong line and mess up the whole thing. Well, you know, in my view. But I was overthinking it. And I just set it down. 
And I looked at it and I said, man, I got to walk away from this thing. I'm thinking too much. I'm not letting it do the process. I'm not letting mm. the process come out, right? I'm, I'm trying to control the process. And that's like the opposite of, of some of my best paintings. I mean, some of these abstract paintings, man, they, got, they might have seven paintings underneath them. Because I just, I didn't, I was thinking too much or blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like I, I, that's what I love about abstract canvas work is to me, it is very much like rock and wild style. It's just, it, it's free form it, or freestyle. And I should say that too. It, it, it's the closest I can get to actually painting a graffiti piece on a canvas. Okay. Okay. And you know, you talk about overthinking. So where does, like, where do you get your inspiration for, like, all the things you do? Is it, do you listen to music? Like, you know what I mean? Do you, in your head, kind of construct it? Like, do, are there, do you sometimes you think, I, I haven't used blue in a while. I want to do something blue. Like, what, yeah, what drives you to create in the ways you create, man? I, I think it starts with that feeling inside of me, like, what are you doing? You're not painting. <laughs> what the hell is going on with you? Um, like, like for instance, today, right? I did, this guy commissioned me to do two canvases for him, abstract. And, and it's always an honor when somebody commissions me to, to do art for them. You know, I always look at it like the fact that they're going to hang this up in their house or studio or whatever, you know, it's an honor, right? So, of course, I want it to look good. It's also a service, right? But this guy's like, yo, just do your thing. So I started thinking like, okay, what am I going to do, right? Because most of my work is freestyle. Like, I, I freestyle. Like, I just, sure, I, I draw sometimes, but... I, I kind of just try to let the process do what it does. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like the other day I knocked out two canvases like back to back and it just, it, it just came out. Right. And granted they were a little more simpler, but that's, I love when that happens. Right. It doesn't always happen. Answer your question. It's really that urge to create that's how my process starts i like a lot of color uh this one that i'm doing is a mixture of blues and greens with a hint of a little bit of purple and a little bit of uh, pink not but like a darker like a magenta right right, right. so it's mainly cool colors with a hint of warm colors um and you know i i looked at it and when we're done with this interview, I'm probably going to buff it and start all over. <laughs> but, you know, where do I draw my inspiration from these days? Traveling, man. Traveling and painting with other artists. There's so many good artists out there in the world. And, and just because you're not on social media doesn't mean, I mean, I could be living next to a Picasso and not even know. You know what I'm saying? Until I meet that person, mm. not it's on social media, um, especially with some of the older artists I know, and and I love talking with old older artists and younger artists. You know, like I, I 
I, I, I try to give back to the community the best I can. You know, I used to be a menace to society. <laughs> now I'm more of a productive. Hey, I'll say, I pay my taxes, you know. I don't want to, but I got to. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so, so I try to give back. And, and one way of giving back is mentoring the youth and teaching people how to use the spray can and teaching them graffiti. But if they want to go create murals or whatever, go for it, whatever. Like once again, you were saying, you know, that's not, you can't do that. That's bad. That's not art. I, I don't tell that to people, man, because like I said, I, I could be mentoring the next Picasso and not even know it. Mm. Besides, it's none of my damn business what they do. As long as they don't tag my, my, my piece or my car or my house. but that's the beauty of it you know it's like it's like what scam did to me man he said here's here's the door man it's up to you to walk through it Mm. yeah that was that was a really nice part of the doc where that little kid comes up to you he's like oh so can you sign my book and then and then you just like yo fill in this for me and he's doing it and you're like yo turn a can and then you get this effect and it was just like that bloop is again I was just like, I just figured you, you hold it and you spray in, and I don't know. Yeah. But I like twist of cans give you different effects, and that was just whoa. That's I that's so insane. I did not know that. So it was it's fascinating. But just the way you work with that little kid, that was really nice to see, man. Yeah, man. That 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 uh, he's called his his Instagram name's Charlie Danger. Name's Charlie, and uh, his father he loves he loves you know graffiti, and his father would take him around the city, and he started introducing him to all the local artists. Me, I thought it was really weird because he was doing this on social media, you know, he would post it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm not used to that, like you know. And then that day is when they met us, uh... some of the other guys, and they were like, "We've been looking for you," and and I was like, "Whoa." But the more I got to know him, I'm like, wait a second, man. This kid has been going around town with his father looking for graffiti artists to meet and sign his book. Yeah. <laughs> like, how cool is that, man? Like, I wish my dad had done that, you know? <laughs> um, you know, my dad was just, <laughs> you better not get busted. <laughs> but it, it's just changed, man. And I think a lot of that is just, once again, we're getting older. And, you know, life moves in cycles, right? Yeah. Charlie Danger's dad, who's about my age, he grew up with graffiti. You see what I'm saying? So he's mm. just on. You know, and, th- and that kid, by the way, is like a jujitsu champion. He don't look like it, but that little kid can kick some butt, man. So- uh, it's, it's always the ones that don't look like it that, <laughs> that are so sick at jujitsu, man. That's right. I would not <laughs> roll with that kid. <laughs> well like yo in austin man you've got like all the big schools are down there you know 10 planet gracie you know what i mean so and there is like yeah again like i was talking to ryan yesterday because break a lot of break dancers have come into jujitsu and are doing really well but it's one of those things where it just like the, all of these things seem to bleed into each other yeah you know yes Exactly. The break dancers, the tattoo artists, there are, you know, so many people I know do jujitsu and you're right. And that's what I think. This is just my opinion, my guess. 
I think a lot of that is from social media and the internet because for for the first time in history, I can see what's going on in Paris, right? Yeah. I, and vice versa. And so the lines, like you said, it, it's almost like they all bleed together. And, you know, they, you, like in graffiti, there used to be regional styles, right? You know, mm. had a style, you know, Paris had a style, et cetera. And, and, but now because of the internet, you know, it, it, even in graffiti, man, a lot of that, a lot of those lines bleed into each other. Same with street art and graffiti, you know? Yeah. So, kind of natural. Like, it's just the way it goes, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely that interesting thing. It's, it's like what, you know, people say that eventually we'll get to that point and language will just be, there'll be just one language and, you know, different race will be a, a a different thing because everyone's mixed all over the shop so you know we'll be just become that melting pot of just everything and we've seen it in a few different things you know like music and you know art and all of that so who knows but it's, it's interesting to see how things have changed just in the in you know since the 80s man since being a, like growing up those early years to how things are looked at right the evolution of all of this it is it's an interesting thing it it, it really is i i uh you know i'm i'm guilty of scrolling on my phone right social media and i was just zoning out scrolling and i came across this reel and it was talking about uh generation x right um, what is that? Uh, 1960 to 1980, I think. That's kind of the range. And they were talking about, you know, people from Generation X, blah, 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 you know, and all the things we experienced and stuff like that. And I was thinking, man, like, you know, a lot of it I agreed with, you know, like, like, um, how much has changed, you know, like, like, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, even with you, like, like, we played out in the streets, you know. Oh, gosh, yeah. Water out of water hoses, you know. We we rolled around in dirt, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> did all these things. And then now to see a lot of these kids, they're, like, glued to their phones or, you know, they're playing the video games. And, and I get it. It's just how things are. But it's it's really interesting, you know. Like, I have to remember that when I'm dealing with some younger artists. Like, and some of these younger artists, man, they're so tech savvy, man. They're on it, dude. They're hustlers. They, 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 they it just blows me away, man. Like, like I've met some, uh, some younger artists here, and they're just, man, they're on top of the game, man. And they're mm. just better and better and better, and and that's the thing, man. I, for me, I always came up like it's not about being the best; it's about getting better. Right? Yes, and you get better by practicing, right? And and graffiti, in a lot of ways, for me. Graffiti really is meant to be given away. It really is. Because if you look at graffiti, like what drives graffiti? And it's usually trends, right? Somebody comes out with a style and then other people jump onto that style and then they add to it. And it's that continuation, you know? Um, a lot of graffiti is obviously affected by graphic design, you know? Um, and, and of course, you know, bring in technology. I mean, the stuff they're doing with spray cans it just blows my mind, you know, like I'm a nineties writer, man. Like I'm still like, you know, I drop my sketch, I do my fill, blah, blah, blah. Then I do my outline and I'm watching these other cats, you know, especially in Europe, man. I, I just, 
going to Europe, I went to Europe for the first time uh, uh, 10 years ago. And, dude, it changed everything. Man. It changed my graffiti. It changed the way I looked at graffiti. Um, and I think a lot of that is because y'all have a greater appreciation for the arts. You know, um, in the States, it probably leans more towards football, like American football. You know, like like growing up, there was all sports, sports. And art, like, I remember growing up, if you did art, you were like a weirdo. You were like an owl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, art, that, they were the losers, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was a loser. Like, why do you want to do art, man? You, you should be doing this <laughs> other stuff. Like, that's not cool. You know, it, it, it's, but, you know, one of the things I think was a big turnaround, because when I first, you know, as a kid in those early years, you used to have to pay to go to museums. Right. And then I think mid 80s, late 80s, they were like free to get into the museums, which then opens up art to everyone. Right. To to go to certain things, you need a lot of money. Right. But when things are either reasonably priced like today, oh, my God, today. Right. Chappelle's playing tomorrow. And the ticket was £168.70p. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right, Chappelle is one of the goats, man. And yes, you could watch his stuff on Netflix or find it on YouTube. It's different seeing someone live. Yeah. But when you're charging those prices, you're stopping people from yeah. seeing it live. And it's like the people that can afford to go aren't always the people that truly love that thing. Sure. You know, sometimes you get people in these venues and they're going because they've got that, that high value membership. And, you know, they, they're just like they feel, oh, well, I might get it free. I might as well go. But they don't really bleed it. Yeah. Right. But when they opened up the galleries man you now you just see everyone up in there you know what i mean and and i love that, that shit yeah yeah now i hear you man um so i teamed up so for me personally the last two years have been very tough uh like it has been for many people and I, my creativity kind of suffered i felt stagnant yes i was producing art but there really wasn't, and, and I am my worst critic, but I just didn't really, I was like, man, I feel stuck, right? But how do you deal with that? Sometimes you might take a break for, you know, a couple of days or whatever, and then get back on it, but you keep practicing, you keep practicing. Mm -hmm. Eventually there'll be a breakthrough, you know? Um, that's been my experience, uh, especially with graffiti. I have to go back to basics. I have to go back to uh, straight letters, bubble letters, tags, you know, all that stuff. And what you were talking about, about museums, et cetera, I totally agree with you. Because when you charge an admission, like I was just in New York, the average admission was $25, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and maybe that's cheap for some people, but um, it adds up. And, and, and you're excluding so many people. Oh, yeah. You're excluding a large portion of the public. And, and I get it, you know, it takes money to keep the lights on and blah, blah, blah. But that's what I love about graffiti. And you were saying that, how it really is like a street gallery, you know. And it's funny because 
I got asked to do a show with this local art collective and very nice people. They're called Almost Real Things. And uh, I went over there to talk to them, you know, because it's always, I mean, I always feel honored when someone reaches out to me and is like, hey, man, you want to do a show here? Because it wasn't like that, man. I mean, we had to do everything ourselves. We yeah. had the whole city against us. And we were still like, F you, man, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to do a graffiti art show. We're going to do whatever, an urban art show, call it whatever you want. And that's just how it was coming up. It was do it yourself. It was that whole DIY ethic. You want it? Go do it. You know, you, go start your own band. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You want it? You want it? You know, you don't like that band? Go start your own band. So with, with that mentality, that's just what we came up with. And so when they asked me to do this art show, I said, hey, man, my birthday's coming up. I'm turning 50. It's a big deal for me. Uh, what a, w- why don't we just do a big art party birthday? And so I put out the they were, they were down and I put out the call and like, I don't know, I think we're like at 32 artists right now. I was trying to get 50 artists, man. One for one. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be fly. I could, but right now, you know, it's just whatever. It's going to come up in a couple weeks. And they there was a suggested donation, right? And I get it. You know, keep the lights on, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I hit them up and I say, hey, bro, I, I understand because it takes money to put on shows. But this is an art show. And let's not have any suggested donation. If you're going to sell drinks, make your money off booze. But let's allow everybody to come in yeah. You know because sure it, it might be my birthday, but it ain't about me. It's about art. It's a celebration of graffiti, a celebration of, of art, street art, whatever, you know, let's just come out and have a good time. You know, um, it's art should be free, man. That's how I feel. You know, um, we, as artists, we have to make a living, but, I mean, I go to these galleries, man. Like, I was in L.A. a couple months ago, and I went to a really cool art show. It had, like, Retina and Chaz and uh, Cryptic. You know, it was a lot of the um, the writing, you know, the collaboration. Right, right. And, I mean, the stuff was phenomenal. But, you know, like, you know, the Retina was $500,000. And, and I get it. He's a rock star and all that. But that <laughs> very few people can afford mm. $500,000 painting. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful, you know, and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, you know, it's I'm glad they weren't charging admission to go see art, because if I got to go like like a museum, I think they should give you free booze at the museum. Right. Twenty five <laughs> bucks to get in. I mean, Give me something other than the art. And I love museums, by the way. Uh, I did the Met, And when I was in New York with my sister, she has a membership. So we got in for free. But that being said, um, yeah, man, art should be available to everybody. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. It should it it should include everybody, and that's what's happening with these art forms. With the spray can, is kids, civilians are picking it up, and they're doing. Some of them are sticking with it because I think a lot of them start to learn how difficult it is. I think piecing graffiti, like graffiti piecing, is is very difficult. I do. I think that's where, for me, my experience is that's where the dedication and the perseverance had to come in. Sure, mm. you know, there's there's an art to hand styles and tags, bubble letters, straight letters. But when you start really evolving into uh, what they call style writing, 
man, it's it's a lot of work, man. You know, but you just keep going. And 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 a lot of people that I teach, they tend to stop at bubble letters. Or yeah. Straight letters. But every now and then, there's that one that sticks with it, man. And boom, before you know it, they're killing it, man. They're doing some crazy new style or something, you know. And that's what keeps it going, man. So I'm really big about passing it on these days, man, because. There was a big wedge between the older riders and us, you know, because the younger ones are like, man, screw you, old men. You know, you won't tell me mm. things. And I think I think there's a severe lack of mentorship, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, at least show them how to rock it, a good piece, you know. Um, but once again, it's it's the uh, it's the transfer of knowledge. And, and we live in a time now. Where, shit, you want to learn graffiti, man? Get on YouTube, you know. So there's a lot there's a lot of information out there, um, and, and there should be. But at the same time, it, it's it should be available to everybody. I mean, come on, let's let's face it, man. Graffiti started in the inner city, you know. Yeah. I mean, it started in in the ghetto. It started, you know, with with people of color, you know. But the cool thing about graffiti is that a lot of different ethnicities embraced it. And even to this day, you know, like, I mean, I've been in Paris and I don't speak French, but the dude next to me didn't speak English, but we were talking through our graffiti. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing, man. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, that internship, right, when you start up and, you know, scam took you under his wing and all of that kind of thing. Do you think, as you said, like mentorship is like that whole thing has kind of changed because, you know, back when you started, people would say, as you said, like, that's shit. You need to work harder. You need to change. Nowadays, if you tell someone that shit, like, you're bullying me, man. Why are you saying, you know what I mean? It's it's a weird kind of landscape that we're in. It's murky, you know what I mean? People don't want to take that crypt. You write. A, someone could have like a thousand likes on Instagram and you might go, I'm not really feeling it. What are you saying? Like, why are you saying that? Why are you being mean? You know, what I mean? and it's just like you can't have differing opinions. You can't tell someone, I mean, it's okay. It's probably not your strongest piece, right? Where that criticism, yeah, that's the thing that drives you. You know what I mean? Like when I do stuff, I don't look at it and go that was brilliant that's the best thing i've ever it's just like i could have asked better questions man yeah i think i phoned that one uh, in i hey. don't think i carried that interview that well or my review there was that i could have been more eloquent or you know <laughs> what I mean? you do these things and you just straight away it's like i'm so rubbish what's wrong with me but if it was just like i am the best oh my good like you're never going to evolve if if people can't tell you be like you know what you 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 talk too much and you'll be like oh oh really okay that's really good to know right i need to change that i need to let allow people more space to answer things i need to you know what i mean it's that weird thing like how do you think that has kind of affected you know graffiti and art right now well, first of all, I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, I think my experience is if you can't handle criticism, constructive criticism, uh, 
or being critiqued. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, man, because I, I learned a lot being critiqued, mm. you know, and, and still, even to this day, um, I think as society, we've gotten too much into our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and what I've learned, and this is just my experience. One, I'm not entitled to anything in this world. Two, the world doesn't owe me anything. I got to go out there and get it. And, and three, feelings aren't facts, man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like, and how can I say this? What I've noticed in Austin, and you're totally right. You're like, hey, man, this shit's whack. They're like, oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, like I have my boy Jibs, right, from one of my, my crew in BK. You know, he had been gone for 20 years out in SF, and he came back to Austin. And there were some younger kids that went over him and another crew member. And level-wise, style-wise, they weren't as, as experienced. And Jibs is like, oh, man, it's on, you know, because we come from that generation where if you're going to go over our stuff, you better do a better job. Right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he comes at these kids. I call them kids. They're in their 30s. But they're <laughs> like, oh, you know, and they, they hit me up and they're like, yo, what's up with your crew member, man? He, you know, and I say, hey, bro, he's just old school, man. Like that's, you know, he's trying to get you to step up your game, believe mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah, he's pissed that you went over him, but step up your game and so to to answer your question how does that affect graffiti nowadays man i feel like people are afraid to really be themselves man you know to really say what's on their mind because they don't want to trigger or offend anybody yeah you know because what i found in this world is the world don't care about what i think or feel the world cares about what i do you understand and there's a big difference between an opinion and doing things, you know? Exactly. Uh, and so I, I, I try to stay out of all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I got caught up in some, some, some graffiti politics not too long ago with a, a crew member that lives here. And, and I just had to tell him straight up, man. I said, hey, you know, this is, this is juvenile, man. Like, I ain't got time for this. You know, I won't go into detail, but like, I'm not sitting around thinking about this during my day. Like I got stuff to do, man. Mm. And, and when I start to look at, let me just say this, the older I get, (laughs) the more I look at graffiti and I go, Oh man, this is some childish BS, man. The politics of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But let's face it. Graffiti is a young person's sport and it's ego driven. Mm. I mean, what are you doing? You're writing your name, right? So, you know, it, it just, I think one of the things that has helped me is staying out of the politics. And that goes for anything, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, government, graffiti, whatever. I mean, there's politics and everything. But at the same time, just focusing on just painting, right? Like, like that's what helps me. Like, it's not even really about the painting so much anymore. It's more about the experience, especially with friends. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. We did a tunnel. Me and Jabber and Murs did a tunnel, and we had to ride our bikes. We had to put on boots, and it, you know, it was like urban exploring and stuff. We had a headlamp, and I, I don't like my piece at all in that tunnel, but it was the experience that made it worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And 
whenever I finish a painting or a piece, I'm ready. Like you said earlier, man, like, you know, oh, I should ask more questions. I feel the same way about the piece. I, I, I take a photo, I study it and I go, oh man, I should have connected it there. I should have done that. But that's for the next piece. And that's what keeps it going. You know? mm. But yeah, man, um, being critiqued and called out, it helped me a lot. It helped me a lot. And, 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 Cause you know you gotta kind of grow thick skin, man. After a while, you know. I mean, life ain't fair, man, and it ain't gonna be fair. Life's what you make of it, you know. Yep. What I'm and you can sit around and get offended by everything, and there's a lot to be offended by. <laughs> but what are you gonna do about it? You know, what I'm, mm. saying? I'm I can't sit around and waste my energy on things that I I can't control. The only thing I can do is like what's in front of me, man, and what I need to do, you know. And I just want to make art, man. That's really, I just want to travel and make art, you know, and, and find, you know, and, and just, I, I'm a worker, man. I got to work, dude. Like if I don't work, I kind of get a little nut. I don't know. I'm probably a workaholic. I've learned, I've learned to mellow out though. I've learned, you know, to play too. You got to play. You can't work all the mm. time. But in the early days, man, grind, grind, hustle, hustle, grind, grind, grind. I don't really, you know, it, it burnt me out, man. That was another thing. It just. What, what the hell am I living for? The, the, these dollar bills, you know, that really aren't worth jack anymore. But, like, you know, the whole thing about more, more, more. It's like, dude, nah, man. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I need money. But that ain't my life. My dad yeah. used to tell me, you make money or money makes you. What do you want to do? And, uh, and thank God for art, man. I mean, graffiti in a lot of ways, man, it, it, it saved me, man. I had some dark times in life, you know, and graffiti was always there for me, man. Just waiting. Like, dude, when are you going to pick up? You know, the can was like, when are you going to pick me up? You know, when are you going to use me? You know, uh, if the can malfunctioned, I got another can, you know? I mean, it was better than a girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's always there. <laughs> Unconditional love, man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh man, yo! I've got to ask you because it was the first time I've ever seen like that technique used. But it was a bit in the dock where you pierce the bottom of the can, and it's like all spraying. And I was like, "Yo, where did that come from?" Because I've literally never seen that before. Yeah. They they call that cracking, right? You're cracking cans, right? You crack the can open. Um. The first time I saw that was a writer named Smash uh, from Europe, uh, Smash 135, I believe. And I doubt he's the first one. I mean, I really don't know where the origins uh, come from, but it was Smash and Risk from L.A. He's a famous graffiti writer out of L.A. And they were at Miami Art Basel. And what they did is they dropped a sketch and then they took all these cans and they cracked them, man. And for the fill, you know, and all that. And, you know, paint's spewing everywhere. And they're doing all these cool designs. And then they drop the outline. And I was like, yo, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. So I, I have done pieces like that. Um, I've done abstract graffiti pieces. But I started doing that on canvas. And, and I think the idea of a lot of my canvases is like an explosion of color, right? Color and movement. Like, I just... I just it's something about puncturing that can, man. It's like, it's like, it's like a bomb going off, you know, it's just like, bam. And after a while you learn to control it, you know, um, 
really you want a little bit of paint in there for the canvases. Now for the walls, you can do full cans, but I mean, it's shooting out so fast, the pressure. Um, that's just how it feels, man. Like when I press down on a spray can, even when I'm doing a graffiti piece, man, it's that freedom. It's, it's as high as I can reach, as fast as that paint can come out of that nozzle. You know, I put a big old fat cap on there. You just, you know, flare tag, whatever. Puncturing the can, it, it reminds me of that, except it's like times 10, you know. Dude, I've had it where I've punctured cans and I wasn't holding on to it good enough and the can turned on me and I painted my face. <laughs> it was hilarious. My boy was filming it too. It was, it was so you got to be careful, but man, it's, um, to answer your question, man, I, I I just saw it by other graffiti writers, you know, and that's that's what keeps things going, you know. And uh, then I started trying my hand at canvases with it, and still learning, man, still learning, you know. Never stop learning. Mm. Doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you listen to music when you um, you know, draw, create, or do you like yeah. to be I, I have- like? bluetooth speaker that um i've never really been into the airpod things um but yes i listen to music i listen to a lot of different types of music um i you know of course i love hip-hop i love reggae i love dancehall reggae i love dub i like dubstep i like classic rock i mean my parents were hippies man they growing up man we listened to everything the blues jazz beatles Jimi hendrix you know um and growing up, I got into punk rock. I got into death metal, like Slayer and Exodus and all that. And uh, and then, you know, I even had it. Actually, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Ozzy Osbourne, man. Like, okay. And he had those guitar solos. I love Ozzy, <laughs> man. I love Ozzy. He's crazy as shit. He's not doing too good right now, I heard. I read that he's, uh, I think, whatever medical condition he has. I can't remember the disease. He's, unfortunately, it's catching up to him. But yeah. I, I love and Black Sabbath, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, man. I hell, I got a funny story. So uh, we we have a big festival here. It's called ACL, Austin City Limits Music Festival, right? Mm. Austin City Limits is a music show. I think it's the one of the longest running music shows on television. It's on PBS Public Broadcasting uh, uh, Service. Um, it's public TV. And they, they actually have a theater down here where people come and perform and they, they tape it live and they play it. And so it's got a big following, man. So about 20, 22 years ago, they started this music festival, right? And uh, now it's like two weekends in a row. So I, I, I had some friends coming to town and they're like, yeah, we're going to ACL, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm cool. And I've been before. And I don't really do a lot of festivals. <laughs> Those days are kind of over, man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. anyway, um, they, 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 they talked me into it and I went down there and, uh, I saw a couple bands and they were waiting for this one band, you know? And I was like, man, they're not coming on for an hour. You know, that's what they told me. And, and they're like, no, no, we're waiting on the chicks, man, the chicks. And I was like, the chicks, I go, the Dixie chicks. And you go, <laughs> Yeah, man, they're called the Chicks now. They dropped the Dixie because yeah, really correct, right? And I was like, "What? You know, that's, eh, whatever, dude." They came out, yo, they rocked that shit, dude. <laughs> dude, when when they sung "Landslide," I fucking that tear in my eye, dude. Like it blew me away, man. 
it, it like I'm dude, just amazing. If you ever get a chance to see them live, check them out, man. They will rock your world, dude. It was like rock and roll, dude. Cause I always thought they were a chick band, right? You know, like like. But man, I'm I'm a fan, dude. I'm a fan. And here's the funny thing. So this is my point. So I'm all on this Dixie chick high, right? Or the chick high, right? And I'm listening and some other songs, eh. I like the covers of like Landslide and Traveling Soldier and all that. So I'm in fucking New York, right? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was in Jersey with Mears. We were in Hackensack, New Jersey. This is like three weeks ago. And and I'm, I got my Bluetooth speaker and I'm jamming. And the, I, I like to play a mix, right, of different styles of music. And then the chicks come on. And Mears looks at me and he goes, what the hell is this crap? Because I'm like singing along, right? And then, this, and then the guy who runs the wall, Neo, FC crew, fantasy crew, comes up and he's like, I don't think I've ever uh, seen people listening to the chicks while painting. You know, it's just like, it was hilarious, dude. Because, you know, graffiti writers are supposed to be all fucking tough and shit. You know, <laughs> let them cry, right? And here I am jamming to the chicks, dude. It was hilarious. But yeah, man, I ain't afraid to say it, man. They're very talented women and uh, they got a good band, man. They got a really good band. But, but see, that's the beauty of it, man. When, when you open your mind to something new, you never know what's going to come through. And oh, for sure. Yeah. How to do that with art. Like, like, sure, I love spray paint, but I also love sculpture. I love different styles of art, you know? And I, I used to be like, I, I, well, I thought I was a graffiti purist, right? Turns out I was just being closed-minded, man. Mm. You got to open your mind, man. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there, man. A lot of cool stuff. And I have a choice every day I wake up, man. I can focus on what's wrong. I can focus on what I need to do and, and, and do my best to be positive. I will admit the pandemic, I was pretty negative. It was hard to really get up and smile when everyone around me was dropping. But that's life, man. And I'm still here and I'm grateful to be here. And I'm grateful you're here and we're all still here, especially in these crazy times. Because if there's one thing I learned with the pandemic, man, is tomorrow's not promised, man. So what am I going to do today? You know? Oh, for sure. I, th I think that's, that's the big thing. I think it was, it was something that gave you perspective, right? Because you, you understood, firstly, life is so fucking fleeting and short. It can just be blinked out in an eye. Right, There's, you need to be healthy, right? You don't need to be a five star athlete, but try and be healthy, man. And then you can ride through these things. Like it showed you the people that were actually your people, right? Because there's people that, are like, oh, we're good friends. And then it's just like, yo, where is that? Where are they? Where are, where's that person going? So it let you see that. But then it just gave you that different appreciation for life and experiences and what's actually important, right? Amen. Amen. That's right. What is actually important? You know, they say, you know, you can't you can't take all this stuff with you. You know, the fancy car and the spray paint, you know. Um, you're right. What is important? You know? mm. and, uh, yeah. and it's funny because I realized I was so caught up before the pandemic. I was so caught up with work and career and getting to, you know, if, if, you know, that old carrot in front of the donkey, man, like if I just get to the next level financially, I can do this and that, blah, 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 you know? And it's like all that stripped away and be like, what are you, what are you really about? 
What are you really about? What's important to you, man? And, and for me, you know, it's the same old thing. It's the simple things in life, right? It's friends and family, man. How I treat other people, how I treat myself, you know? Yeah. Health. You're right. I mean, yeah, I, I quit. I quit vaping, man. It's been a year, and I uh... vaped for like 33 years, man. And and no, I'm sorry. I started when I was 12, whatever that is. And um, it's it's learning how to live tobacco nicotine free because I love to smoke, man. I love. You know, I smoked hookah, all that stuff, man. <laughs> I used to have a small little hookah that I carried with me to the wall. And I was sitting there painting with this little tiny hookah. And people thought I was always like, you know, blowing uh, blowing weed and shit, and especially in traffic, you know, all smoke would be coming out. Mm. But the thing is, is that I had to really like look at my health, you know, because I never really, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, I'm 49 years old right now with the mind of a 21 year old. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work that way. I always wonder why people went jogging, you know. <laughs> but yeah, man, health, dude, health, mental health, all that stuff, man. It's it's crucial, man. Yeah. Oh, for for sure, for sure. But it was just like, you know, the way you talked about Castle Hill, just all of those different insights were really interesting. Right. It was it, it, it showed. Because I think when you look at those things like, oh, it's this big place where people can graffiti. But then you're just like, yo, people just coming. People just then writing on the wall. And you're just like, I wouldn't even that wouldn't even have crossed my mind. You know what I mean? And just that mentality to then write on the you're going to look at people's art, but then you're going to write on it. And it's just the craziness. But it's when things become popular to the extent that it, there's that saturation, you know what I mean? It's like when you hear that, when you first hear that song, when you first hear that song and you're like, yo, that's a, that, that's a dirty beat. Oh man, that's cool. And then it gets to the point where you're on a bus and there's little kids singing it and you're like, yo, ah, shit. <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah. I hate this song now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean, man. I always tell people, hey, man, just look at public restrooms. That's a good example, man. When, when something's, like, left to the public, somebody somewhere is is going to, you know, tr treat it badly, you know. Yeah. They're going to tag the walls, you know, whatever, you know. And that's what I think happened to Castle Hill. But the thing about Castle Hill is it really was uncontrollable. It was almost like the genie was let out of the bottle, man. It took on its own thing. I mean, I got, I almost got into several um, uh, conflicts of people writing on artwork and stopping them and being like, hey, don't do that. And it, and, and the number one response was, what? It's just graffiti. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, in some cities you could get really hurt for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, but, but, but really what it became is it became a tourist attraction. And, um, and it's funny cause I just saw Andy last night. It was her birthday. Actually, Andy was, uh, is the founder of hope, the nonprofit that, um, that started the park and uh, they're building a new park actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. It's, it's pretty wild. Uh, I, I think they're, it keeps getting delayed, but they have started building it. They, they have land, they have their own land. 
and uh, it's going to be world class, man. It's it's really nice, you know. But that was the thing about Castle Hill; it was always temporary. I mean, mm. they're building on it right now. I mean, it's an incredible view of downtown. But it got to the point where I had to ask myself, like, why am I even painting here anymore? Because I'm basically painting for a picture. Because the minute I leave, it's just scribbled. Yeah. I mean, dude, I had it. One time I was working on my piece and this little kid came up next to me and he started tagging. I was like, yo, yo, what are you doing? And I was like, well, don't talk to my kid like that. You know, and I was like, hey, man. I mean, I didn't yell at the kid, but I was like, hey, you know. Mm. And his dad was all bucking up to me. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm painting, man. Like, you should... And I told him, I said, you should teach your kid not to ride on other people's art. You know, I get it. He's a little kid with a can. He's just, but go do that over there. You know, mm. like but, it, but it's like he's there with his dad. Right. There, there should be that that thing that's ingrained that like yep. there's a respect. You and, know what I mean? Like and especially someone's just literally painting it. Like and you have the audacity to go up and then just deface what that person is currently doing doing there's yeah. an insanity in it but it is the it is like this weird thing that's in society right now it's just like well no i should have that i yeah. should be able to exactly. do that exactly. why are you talking to me in that way no i'm allowed to do this i deserve to do this and it's just like entitlement it's, yeah it's this weird thing man well it is and it's funny because you know this goes back to the critiquing thing so I kind of, and I can only speak on what I've experienced, but like, especially in Austin, you had this wave of like people our age that never really did graffiti or street art back in the day. And now they're picking up the can and, and, and why not, you know, mm. Hey, it should be available to anybody. But a lot of them not knowing uh, the hierarchy or the rules would go and paint on other people's artwork and they learned really quick like hey man don't do that i i always look at it like this like i'm not a musician right i love music but i, I don't play any instruments let's say i wanted to learn how to play guitar right first i got to get a guitar and then i gotta well maybe i'll learn how to read music but then i gotta practice and after i practice and i learned a couple licks you know and i think i'm okay that doesn't give me the right to get on the stage with a guy or woman that's been doing it for 30 years or 20 mm. years, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I might be able to be the opening act, but I'm not the headliner, man. Yes. And 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 I, I'm just going to say it, man. I do believe in seniority. I do. Uh, I believe that if you're a beginner, you should pay your dues like everybody else. And it's not to look down upon the beginner, but it's, hey, this is how it's done. And if you think about it, there's seniority in a lot of things. Oh, for sure. Work, except like, like, you know, I, I get a new job. I can't just go to the CEO and go, hey, man, I want a desk by the, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I, think, I think you're right. There is a lot of that entitlement. But at the same time, I, I also feel it's up to the older graffiti writers to educate. Yes. And that's what we can do, man. That's all we can do. Pass it on. Like, mm. hey, it's not okay to tag someone's house. It's it's not okay to, to deface that mural, even though you might not like the artist or, or the art, but it doesn't give you a right to go and diss that so you can go get some cheap fame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, well, 
also I think it's just like there is this thing when you start off, right? There's this hunger, and it it shows the people that really want the shit, right? Because it's just like, are you hungry enough to find an empty wall? Yeah. Right? Are you hungry enough to go out every night and practice? So it's just like, you know, what I mean, when you do that, you can elevate yourself. And it's just like you you look at certain things like jujitsu. BJ Penn was the fastest black belt. I think he got a black belt in three years. But that was because he just practiced and practiced and practiced. And so it's just like, yo, yeah, it might take some people 10, 20 years to get a black belt. But if you are really just throwing yourself into it, you could get it quicker. Right. And that's like everything. It's the, the, the hungrier you are, the quicker you could move up. But you've got to earn those placements. There's only by earning them, you appreciate it. Because you see that person that jumps the, jumps the queue. Jumps the queue, gets that, you know, maybe he's headlining like Austin City Limits, Wembley Stadium, site like that in his first six months, first year. Yeah. Oftentimes that person ain't around five years later. Yeah. They've disappeared because they've they've got spiraled. They've got into drugs. They've got into or the second the follow up album isn't any good because they believe their own hype. They didn't evolve. They didn't change. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's just like that criticism, that critique, that hard work that instills that thing that backbone, that that foundation that can help you stay in the game like yourself, man, you know? Yeah, man, you know, I, I, I agree with you because that hunger, like I look back, so I've, I've been doing art professionally or I should say for a living for the last, you know, about 20 years. The first 15 years, man, I grinded, I grinded. I was a yes man. And then you learn after a while, like you don't want to be a yes man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's things you say no to. Yeah. But in the beginning, I was willing to do what I had to do to get my foot in the door because I didn't have anybody coaching me, man. It was like, I was, I had, you know, this is back when you had actual photos, four by six photos that you would take and get developed. But I had those in a photo album. And I would carry it around and knock on doors and be like, hey, this is my portfolio. Can I paint a mural on your wall? Most of them said, hell no, get out of here. But <laughs> some of them said, yeah. Mm. And I didn't like say, well, you got to pay me. I mean, the first ones were free. And then, of course, they got supplies. And then slowly over time, it built up to where I started charging. Now, that was my way of paying my dues, right? But at the same time, it's like, yeah, man. I mean, what when, when it's given to you, when everything's given to you, it's not really appreciated, man. Mm. What do they say? Make it. What, what's that old saying? Uh, make easy money, spend easy money. Yeah. You know? And it's it's a lot. It it just. I'm grateful for the trials and tribulations I went through with this art form. Uh, um, no, it was not always good. Going to jail three times for graffiti sucked, but I did it. I could not stop doing graffiti, man. 
And I was like, how am I going to make this work? Right. And I, I had to hustle. I had to grind. I had to find a way. And it goes back to what you were saying. If you truly believe and you are willing to put in the work, you will succeed. I ain't fucking special, man. I just fucking grinded. I mean, dude, I was a toy for five years, man. I mean, a lot of it was me being hard on myself, but like, I still, even to this day, man, I'll be around cats and I'm like, damn, you know, like you got to know your place at the table, man. Yeah. And, and, and what I found is, yeah, sure. We're all in the same boat, but some people are more experienced than others, but the, it's not about that. The question is, are you, do you have the heart for the art? Cause if you're in it for the money and the fame, go be a banker or something or a lawyer, you know, there's more money in that. Yeah. No, that, that one of my friends, right. She's a sculptor. And when I first met her, she was, um, you know, she was a teacher and she'd always talk about, you know I mean? Uh, and what, she, where she'd like to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she, you know, she do her own pieces in her spare time and she'd be grinding and just trying to get to a spot. Now she's the, Oh my gosh, I forgot her actual title, but I think she's the art director of this museum in um, Alexandria. Heck yeah. And it's just seeing where she has got to, right? I remember the first time I went out to see her, because um, she used to be in New York, and so she's moved back to Louisiana where she grew up. And I first went there, and it was just walking around the town with her. And you just have loads of people like, hey, Miss Cindy, oh, are you doing this art class? Oh, Miss Cindy, uh, yeah, I really appreciate what you showed me the other day. And they're like, oh, a class is on this weekend. And it was just like, I'm, I stopped. I'm like, yo, do you, do you understand what's happening right now? And she's just like, what? And I'm like, it's like, the way you have changed this place is insane, right? She puts on these art parades. I think it first started off one, one a year, and now there's several a year. And people just cut, flock out to see these things. And the way she's harnessed art is just phenomenal, right? And her style constantly changed. Like, she was using clay, now she's started to use porcelain. And it's just like... You know, talking to her about it and being like, oh, I'm going to I've got to try this and these new paints and I'm going to see this. And it's just like there's no ego. Right. Yeah. But it's just a beautiful thing. I just love to see that she is just coming to her own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she's got to the thing which she's really she wanted for so long and she worked so hard for. And I think sometimes that's missed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, it, you know, it's funny because it, it, this hit me really hard. So I, I had, I, I came home, you know, after I had COVID from New York, I came home and, and I had a letter in the mail, some legal stuff that yeah, I'm dealing with right now. We'll get the charges dropped, some bogus BS stuff. But anyway, so I had to spend three days at the courthouse. Right. And my lawyer was like, we're going to do a walkthrough, you know, so you know, but you might have to go in, you know, you. Oh. Okay. There we go. Somebody was calling, but uh, <laughs> so 
So I'm kind of stressed out, right? Because, you know, I got things to do, man. I don't want to be dealing with this crap, man. It's been a long time since I've been to jail. And so I'm stressed out. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, you just you deal with it. And I, I had caught the bus to the jail because I, I had to turn myself in. I had an active warrant, actually. Right. And, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go in and then I'll bond out, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I might have to stay overnight. And um, luckily, that none of that stuff had to happen. But as I was walking home that day, because I got to go home, I saw this 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 kid and uh, I saw a family. And this young man, he said, yo, what's up, Slope? And he ran up to me. And I wasn't in a really good headspace, but I was like, hey, what's up? And I, I remember this this guy. And uh, I was like, how you doing? And he said, uh, you know, my brother passed the other day. And I was like, man, I'm really sorry. You know, my condolences. And he said, thanks. And then as he started to walk away, he looked at me and goes, my brother looked up to you. You, my brother was inspired by your art. And when he said that to me, man, that rocked my world. You know what I'm saying? And and the reason I'm telling this story is because we don't know the effect that we have on other people. And when mm. we do positive things for the community and for the love of it and stay humble, stay humble, stay hungry. It, 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 it's like it, 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 it radiates, man. And it's so like, I love seeing people make it. I don't even care if I don't know you, man, but I know that you grinded for that and you got that award or you got that job or you got that shine. Good for you, man. Yeah. It's like, I I tell these kids that all the time. I go, man, just put in the work, put your nose to the grindstone. Don't worry. Your shine will come. But here's the thing. When it comes, can you sustain it? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not about winning the race, man. It's the journey, you know? You know, it's not about the finish line. It's the journey. I mean, yeah. and that's going to go up and down, you know. Uh, now I'm just here. They're like, oh, yeah, that's the old OG graffiti writer. And that's an honor. But at the same time, I have to go, hey, man, it's it, it it's a result of sticking around and continuing to paint. That's it. That's it. Some, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to say it. I ain't afraid to say it. Some of these younger kids coming up. They got more talent in their pinky than I have in both my hands. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it is about staying humble and giving back, man. Because the reality is, man, even though I did a lot of crazy shit when I was younger, there were people that were there for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. People that weren't afraid to tell me the truth. Like, yo, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. Are you going to go to prison? You know, um, why do you, my favorite one was and this came from a lot of older people what why are you doing this and i go because i like it and they go are you making money from it and i go no and they go why are you doing it <laughs> but but to see how far it's come you know yeah and, and I'll, I'll end on this man like these these kids don't have to go through what we went through man they don't have to get felonies they don't have to go to jail man they there's opportunity and that is a blessing mm. because we didn't have that we had to we had to create it, you know, and I think about all the men and women in this city. And a lot of them are no longer here. That blood, sweat and tears, man, to lay the foundation for what we have today. You know, Oh, for sure. And, man. That's, and that goes for every city. Yeah. 
yeah, we 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 stand on the shoulders of giants, man, with all the shit we do. Like those people that came before and laid that foundation. It's a beautiful thing, man. But we have to recognize that, right? We it's like when people like sometimes you you go to a spot. I remember going to a place and um like DJ's playing music and there's a kid in front of me and he's just like, oh, this is this is a great new song. And I'm like, yo, this is a cover. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, yeah, man? This How is getting older, like, dude. Oh, this is a cover. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I remember when the original came out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you on that. Yeah, you're getting older, you know, but it's a blessing, man. You know, I never, you know, the, the reason why turning 50 is a big deal for me is one, I never thought that I would make it to 50, but two, you know, I remember when I, 1990, when I started learning how to paint, um, even though I was going around with a scam on these commissions, I was bombing the city because I was like, you know, yeah, it's cool, whatever, you know, but I wanted to bomb, you know, I was all about doing it legally. <laughs> and I went to these tunnels and I, it was my dad's birthday and I did his name, Robert, and I put big 50, right? And I went and I, he was at home that night and I said, hey, I want to show you something. And I brought him down to the tunnels and I showed it to him and he, his reaction was priceless. Like he loved it. And it was just special. You know, unfortunately I lost my dad to cancer in 2005, but here I am going to be 50 years old and just thinking like, holy shit, like life's a trip, man. Like it's a beautiful thing, you know, to be able to, to be part of this cycle. And mm. once again, that's why it's so important to pass these art forms on to the younger generation because they're the ones that are going to be carrying the torch, man. Yeah. You know, you know, so, yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, man. Um, I'm just grateful that, you know, um, that we're still here, man. And we got a chance, you know, today I got a chance, man, but it's up no to doubt. me. No doubt. Yo, Nathan, man, this, I really appreciate you giving me this time. This has been a really, yeah, just such an interesting conversation, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank thank you, Kevin. I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. And it's been really good to uh, talk with you. Um, are you in London? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, after we get off, we'll, well, we got each other's emails. Let's keep in touch, man. Uh, I'm hoping to be back out there soon. And if oh, you're ever in Austin, hit me up, man. Hit me up. Yeah, 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 for sure. When you when you come to London, man, yeah, that we 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 hit the town, see some shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. I love London, man. Y'all got a lot, got a lot of, lot of good stuff going on out there, man. My sister uh, lived in London for about four years, and uh, she moved to New York with her husband about two years ago. But uh, I loved it out there, man. And the writers, because you know, I'd always heard, you know. And, and I'm like any city, there's rough parts, but coming up in graffiti, you know, the London writers, man, they'll stick you up and rob you for your paint. Yo, the ones I met were so cool, dude. They took me, they took me all over, man. They took me, uh, it was Hackney. They took me to yeah, yeah. Stockwell Hall of Fame. I mean, everybody was so cool, man. Like, shout out to Tizer, shout out to Solo, shout out to uh, uh, Chips and Life, Lifer. 
Ecto, all those cats, man. Those guys burn and they're super chill, humble cats, man. And I was like, yeah, man. Because I, I love running with the locals, you know. Mm. That's that's how you experience it, man. Oh, for sure. And yeah. and and I'll tell you what, man, I have met some I met some crazy mofos and graffiti, <laughs> but I've also met some solid people and, and uh still friends with them today. So Big shout out to London, man. Them, them boys rocking hard. Oh, and my my boy Goro, G O R O. He's out in London too, man. He's he's coming up. The kids, you know, this that's a beautiful thing, man. You just see it evolve. Mm. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, man. And how can people like follow what you're doing? And especially, how can people get a commission from Sloke? Uh, well, I appreciate it. Um. I have a website, you know, slokeone.com, S-L-O-K-E-O-N-E.com. And then my Instagram is at slokeone, in one word, S-L-O-K-E-O-N-E. And you can you can hit me up through the website uh, or uh, Instagram, you know. Um, I always tell people to go to Instagram to see my more recent stuff. My website, it does it does have a link to Instagram, but it's more of my corporate work, you know. Um, and, uh, but you know, that's, that's what helps bring in the jobs, man. I mean, I've been very, knock on wood, I've been very fortunate to where people have come to me. I haven't really had to go out there and, and search for jobs. And I think a lot of that, there's two reasons. One of it is perseverance and doing a good job. And the other is your reputation, man, because I don't even care about all this technology, man. Your reputation will still precede you even to this day so if you think you're all that and, and you're screwing over clients good luck you ain't gonna last long man you know oh for and sure. also clients don't want to hear what you think or feel they want you to show up and do the damn job period <laughs> and do it well <laughs> <laughs> all these prima donna artists man these divas man <laughs> oh yeah what a red carpet no, I don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, no doubt, definitely. Uh, yeah, people, the all the all slopes links will be in the episode information. So yeah, go to the website and yo, go follow Sloke, man. Hit him up. Like if you and you need to watch the documentary, Duality, a graffiti story, visits phenomenal. And Slope drops a lot of knowledge in that. And, um, yeah, once you see that, once you look at the work, you'll be hitting him up for a commission, man. So, yeah, do those things. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a new pair of shoes. <laughs> no, oh, man. And I appreciate the opportunity, Kevin. And, yeah, man, I had, I had a really good time talking with you, man. And um, thank you. Thank you very hey. much. Nah, man, I really appreciate it. I, I'm thankful for AJ for making this happen. And um, yeah, like, honestly, I love the documentary and the things you said just resonated. It, 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 it was great, man. And so I appreciate you giving me this time. Because, yeah, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you, man. Hey, I, I have a feeling you did a little bit of tagging or maybe you hung out with some graffiti back in the day. So yeah, I, I I didn't tag, but um yeah, I, I knew a lot of people that did, and I, I you know what I mean I I, yeah. I know a lot of artists, and you know what I mean, just like 
yeah, I, I was around, you know, a lot of hip hop and open mics and all of that. And then, you know, the graffiti set. So, yeah, we, we kind of we, yeah, yeah. we inhabited that space. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, right on, man. Because when you said wild style, I go, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, much love, man. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And let's keep in touch, man. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. All right. Peace. All right. Thanks, man. Much love. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you go, people. How freaking great was it? Couple that with Ryan. Boy, so much was said, man. Hope you really enjoyed those and found those just, you know what I mean, like impactful. You feel me? You feel me? But you know what? I told you, right? It's a free part edition this week. So we still got some more greatness for you. And if you missed it, part one, we look at free films. Maybe not the strongest films we've covered, but we cover free films. All right. So, people, I will see you over in part three. You know what I mean? Or maybe you do a little time step and we join you in part one. But either way, people, continue listening because, boy, we bring it this week, man. So I will see you soon, all right?